0: in, everybody. Tuesday, November 14th. It is 5.30 Mountain Time, because we do have our mountainous friend, Coach Holmes, on the podcast today. 7.30 Eastern. I am joined by Pat Finn. We are the Sons of Saturday here to preview the home finale against NC State. Virginia Tech and NC State come into this game, ranked 4th and 5th in the ACC, bolstering 4-2 and two records in conference. Dave Doran is 7-3. and three coach Pry is five and five coach doran has dealt with impossible circumstances to this point and honestly has done a masterful job and coach Pry is looking for his first bowl birth looking to stay undefeated in acc play ton of storylines we're gonna break it all down here for you but first we can't start sons of saturday podcast without some poetry and uh poetry we got pat did have to Pound his fists a little bit. We had slow adoption on the poetry submissions, um, but we did shake the shake the tree and get some out here. So, Pat, what do we got?
1: Yeah, we got four. I'll read Grady B's at the end. Uh, he texted me his uh, five minutes ago, uh, referencing your James Franklin-isms uh, from last week's pod. <laughs> uh, Hokey hack, the sun sets in lane. The fans will bring all the noise. Defense brings the pain. Robbie Emerson. Section three for me. Bowl season is in the air. Show out in Blacksburg. Gobble shots tailgate. He says, either who or wolf. Armstrong will face the same fate. Saxburg haunts his dreams. That's awesome. Chitter chatter.
0: So... Coach Holmes, you're on the pod not only because you're great at breaking down um, the X's and O's, but this is your first time in Blacksburg in a very long time. Just give us the rundown. First time back since when? Favorite trips to Blacksburg? What's the What's the four one? So
2: this is my first time since 2018, the UVA game in 2018. My son, who is now 10, uh, we went to that game when he was five, and then that next year in 20 summer of 2019, we moved to Colorado. So it's just it and we did go to the uh, Belk Bowl when we lost to Kentucky I don't really count that because that's a that's a bowl game <laughs> um, but uh no uh, but again like I said I'm a multi-generational Hokie. I've been going to games since I was very 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 little uh dad and mom are both alumni my grandfather great uncle uncle I mean run it down where we are hokies through and through so I've been going to games for forever we uh, we used to tailgate back when Chicken Hill was public parking um and you know that's that's a long time um and you you didn't you didn't need to have uh Hokie Club status to get seats you kind of just peeled right folded right into wherever you needed to go and by the way I will say I know this is the last I know y'all probably going to talk about this too but it's the last rendezvous for section five but we were I would say not original section fivers, but our original season tickets were section five row U. So we had, uh, we had those. And, and so we were, uh, when y'all started talking about section five and I first started listening, I was like, Oh, yep. Yep. (laughs) I knew, knew what all that's about. That's awesome. seats in the house.
0: Without a doubt. Make sure you all check out coach Holmes, hokey hitter. He does a a breakdown on the chalkboard or the whiteboard, wherever you want to call it. The smart board of a play that made a difference every single week. But what about hokey history? What do we got with NC State? Let's talk about it.
1: Oh, a little hokey history here for our friends in Raleigh. Uh, Virginia Tech and NC State first met in 1900. So you got over 100 years here since the first meeting. 52nd meeting overall between Tech and NC State. So that, is, that is pretty uh, astounding. That we've played them over 50 times. Tech leads the all-time series, 28 wins, 19 losses, and four ties. Pretty, uh, pretty decent tie ratio there. Over the last seven games, Virginia Tech has won five. Um, we could start off with talking about 2022. We do not have to talk about it for long. It was awful. Uh, it sucked. It was a Thursday night. Went with my guy Joey Lane, and it was a catastrophe. Uh, the tailgate was a lot of fun. Uh, did get to check out the Raleigh scene. Uh, they had a lot of uh, live music and some cool setups over in Raleigh, uh, outside of Carter Finley. They have the PNC Arena where the Hurricanes play hockey and where the Wolfpack play basketball. Um, so you know they utilize all that space. It's a cool setup. It's not on campus, it's different. but uh, we surrendered a 21 to 3 lead in that ball game and MJ Morris kind of just dominated us in the second half. and um, that's it. I drank an old Tuffy IPA. Uh, that was cool. and it was very cool to see the they have a dog, they have a puppy. I don't know what kind of it's a black lab and it goes out and grabs the tea after every single kickoff. That was pretty cool. Good boy. Uh, better games. I always like to see what's cooking in the series snapshot. And the the series snapshot on Hokie Sports did have some good highlights here. Uh, 2020, WTF, I have written next to this because this was not supposed to be the opening game of the 2020 season. And then uh, our Virginia game, which was uh, the initial game of 2020, got moved. Because you know, COVID and contact tracing and all that, so we played NC State to kick the season off at home in front of you know, limited fans. We had like almost two dozen guys out, some coaches out, and we absolutely destroyed NC State that night. And this was, um, Devin Leary, it was Devin Leary, wasn't it? It was Devin Leary, the uh, yeah, yeah, Devin Leary was their quarterback. We sacked him six times. We had seven tackles for loss. We had two picks. Diablo had a pick. Quincy Patterson uh, filled in here. This was the Braxton-Burr mustard game where he was cramping up and uh, said that he came over to the sideline and got mustard packets to relieve the cramps. (laughs) Khalil Herbert had 104 yards on only six carries. Could you imagine a world where we are only giving Khalil Herbert six carries? That was his first ever game in Lane Stadium. Did have a touchdown. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, I mean, this roster was loaded. 2020 roster, absolutely loaded. Unfortunately, we are never really able to field the 2020 team that we wanted to with all the COVID nonsense going on week over week. Uh, But we'll actually jump back into the time machine a full decade from 2020. 2010 at NC State, one of my favorite games in Virginia Tech history. You got a Virginia Tech team that really has nothing to lose, even though uh, I guess we had everything to lose because we hadn't lost in conference yet. But this team had a Boise State loss and a JMU loss under their belt. It was an end of September game. We were unranked and we went into Carter-Finley Stadium in Raleigh and all of a sudden had a 17 to zero deficit uh, knew that this team could come back from 17 zero. Cause you guys remember what happened uh, in Landover, Maryland against Boise state, but this one actually went in our favor and we won the game. A lot of that was sparked off of the heels of David Wilson's kick return to kick off the second half. And then, uh, Russell Wilson was picked off by J. Ron Hoseley three times this afternoon, which somehow didn't make the series snapshot. I don't know how you tell the story of the the 2010 game without talking about how J. Ron Hoseley had three picks. He led the nation in picks in 2010. Uh, but you also had some serious uh, efforts here on offense from Tyrod Taylor and Darren Evans. They combined for 281 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And then Tyrod said, hey, I can actually – I can use my arm as well. Three touchdowns through the air, big time, uh, Jared Boykin game. I remember Andre Smith? I think might have had a touchdown here. Awesome comeback, Hokies win forty-one to thirty. And One then we got two more. Before yeah.
0: Before we de- before we depart the twenty tens, we have to talk about the Thursday night game in two thousand and fifteen. Isaiah Ford, <laughs> three touchdowns. Brendan Motley fills in. Um, that was a weird game. It was pouring rain in the beginning of that football game. delayed. Motley goes delayed. Monsour delayed football game. Uh, you had Brendan Motley goes 14 for 28 for 158. Hokie scored 21 points in the second quarter. Excuse me. Isaiah Ford scores 21 points in the second quarter. Uh, and Virginia Tech, uh, goes on the way to win 28 to 13. Um, that's one. That's one. That's that's forgettable. But I mean, there's so much to happen that game. You had the Adonis Alexander uh, sideline interception, which was crazy. Um, yes, man, that was that was. And it was Jacoby Brissett who, at the time, you're saying, "Hold on a second, is this guy going to be uh, NFL quarterback?" And I'm pretty sure he's still in the league as of right now.
1: He is still in the league. Yeah, but I guess we didn't even talk about um, NC State kind of being their own. QBU in some ways, mm-hmm. shapes, or forms. Um, I'm glad you brought up the 2015 game because I was racking my brain. I didn't look at the game-by-game game log. I was just kind of, you know, checking out the highlights. And I think 2015 is kind of one of those seasons, you know, it was Frank's last year. But also when you lose your starting quarterback to injury for, you know, a, a good third chunk of the season, it's kind of hard to remember how those seasons go if you don't have, you know, like a twenty a 2006 or a 2017 defense. Um, People might but, get
0: upset with this. I've talked about it before with uh, – we were just talking about this with uh, Michael Brewer and, and Isaiah. For as much as much flippy-floppy uh, reviews as you hear about uh, Michael Brewer, which in my opinion you shouldn't, I think that's a team that would have been really, really good barring that injury. Um, that was a team where Isaiah and Cam are a year older. You have Bucky still playing tight end. You have a pretty talented defense. I mean, you saw how good the 2016 team was. Um, I think that 2015 team could have been really, really good if um, Michael Brewer wasn't uh, wasn't talking smack at halftime, and uh, and, yeah. the, and the gods had a Dol- I think it was Adolphus Washington um, fall all 900 pounds on his uh, on his collarbone yeah. there. Still might have
2: had a shot in that Ohio State game if he had stayed healthy. That's- he graded out.
0: Great. I'll never forget it. Coach uh, Coach Leffler walks in the room and he's and he looks at uh, Michael Brewer and he. I think he shook his hand or something. And he goes, This man right here graded out a perfect 100 and a half of football, everybody. And <laughs> it was, uh, but now he <laughs> played his tail off in that first half.
1: Oh, man. What a night that was having that halftime lead. Um, all right. We'll go back to 2009. 2009 scored a lot of points in 2009. You know why? Because we had a guy named Ryan Williams, number 34, red red-shirt freshman in the back backfield, ran for 21 touchdowns, 1,655 rushing yards, even caught a few as well. On this night, it was November 20-something. It was late in the year we hosted NC State in 2009. We were out of coastal contention because we had lost a head-to-head <laughs> to Georgia Tech and Joshua Nesbitt. So this was kind of just, you know, playing for – jockeying for that good bull – Bowl game position here. We ended up uh, beating Tennessee in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. Ryan Williams, four touchdowns on the night and 120 yards on the ground this night. Uh, He broke the freshman rushing record this day as well. It was his eighth 100-yard running game on the year. There was a touchdown he did score in this game. I sent it to you guys over text, and I put it on Twitter where – he dragged Earl Wolf at least 12 yards. It was a 19-yard touchdown run, and he he dragged him all the way down that southeast sideline. And uh, Earl grabbed onto his jersey, and Ryan Williams says, hey, listen, I don't care. Uh, y- you can get on. Um, Jared Boykin had a big day that day, 164 yards receiving and a touchdown. We sacked the quarterback, Russell Wilson, six times. We forced four turnovers that day. You guys might know Cody Graham. Cody Graham tied some records that day, uh, forced three fumbles in that game. And the funny thing about it is that all three of those fumbles were on the first four defensive plays from scrimmage. Uh, <laughs> honestly, just a simply ridiculous stat.
2: <laughs> He's a man child. He has his
1: own zip code. <laughs> and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll finish things up. I know. Um, I know. uh well, we got two more. We got we got a bonus at the end that I didn't add that we will kick over. No, that's a, that's a good pun. 2005, Tech goes into Raleigh week one as defending ACC champs. We're ranked top ten. We got a stacked roster. Marcus Vick at quarterback coming back. Yeah, you because know, he was suspended all in 2004. And Eddie Royal, Xavier DB, Vince Hall. You know, Mike Emo um, had two rushing touchdowns from from Emo and from. Marcus, and then the senator, Aaron Rouse, had a huge game in Raleigh. Eight tackles, a forced fumble, two pass breakups, and two interceptions. So big-time win on the road to kick off the 2005 season. And then what happened way back when? What's a historic historic uh, bowl game victory we got going on in 86? Hey, Coach
0: Holmes, this must have been it. when you were in school, huh?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was the only one alive when this took place. Um, no, uh, 1986, uh, the last game before the Frank Beamer era, Chris Kinzer kicks a game-winning field goal to beat the Wolfpack in the 1986 Peach Bowl. Um, and Bill Dooley had, had, had resigned earlier that year under allegations of improprieties. And uh, Beamer was hired about, what, I think seven days before that game. Um, took place and uh won the game, and uh, that was I think that I think that was our first bull win. And uh, that's that's got to be perfect because
0: you have no coach to run sprints for after the uh, after the post game (laughs) celebration. So, well done, that's right, well done by by Mr. Kinzer. Um, fun fact for everybody, Coach Holmes, Coach Holmes, this is this is breaking news to you. So, Chris Kinzer is actually going to be joining the show this week. Um, to talk a little bit about uh, about his game and his time at Virginia Tech. So we're really, really looking forward to to having him on here. Um, but it's time for storylines. I came up with this before the show. We're going to call it Storylines by the Slice, brought to you by the Virginia Slice, available all over the great East Coast Atlantic region, Charlotte, Charlottesville, Blacksburg, Charlottes, Charleston, Charlotte, you can't I tried to do a play on Charleston. You just can't make it work. Um, but anywhere that you can get Benny's Pizza, you mentioned the Sons of Saturday, you're getting five bucks off. You're getting five bucks off. You're the hero of your tailgate, you're the hero of your game watching situation. Go ahead and do that. Benny's Pizza, Sons of Saturday, five dollars off of your pie. Now, I don't think you can start storylines without saying a guy that I absolutely love, and Virginia Tech people love. Coach Wiles, Coach Charlie Wiles, is on staff at NC State. Um, I can't say enough positive things about him. His ability – one of the things that I learned from him as a leader was his ability to connect with a player um, and motivate a player the way that they needed to specifically be motivated. You are going to motivate a Ricky Walker much differently than you are going to motivate a Corey Marshall, for example – you are going to motivate a Vinny Mahota much differently than you are going to motivate a daddy Nicholas. And to see him do that day in and day out um, and the relationship that he just didn't go to foster with his um, defensive line players, he did it with the entire team. So I have a tremendous amount of respect for coach Wiles. um, And he is uh, currently on staff at NC state.
2: Can I uh, tag something on that Billy real quick? Um, There is a, uh, he when I was coaching in North Carolina, uh, he was our primary recruiter and I, I loved uh, having being able to interact with him every time he would come by and talk uh, and talk in the coach's office. You know, he always sat down with you and would, and would ask it how you're doing and ask how your family's doing first. And and he knew all he knew the kids already. He was he was all about developing relationships, just like you said. And and. and you know, I, I know that he's doing well at NC State. That was kind of his recruiting territory for a long part of his recruiting territory for a long time. But yeah, we, you know, great Hokie.
0: And he's a one more thing on him and his uh, and his tenure, his ability. Because look, Virginia Tech, especially towards the end of uh, of Coach Beamer's tenure, um, he was getting absolutely everything out of every single player that was recruited to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech ran a, a scheme that allowed us to really be productive with not having the 330 pound defensive tackle, the six foot seven um, defensive end who runs like a a four, three. Um, And they all did a phenomenal job uh, developing that talent. So uh, again, just another, just another hat to, to, to a great Hokie and an owner of one of the lunch pails coach uh, Foster has only given out two or three of those in his entirety existing with Virginia tech. And uh, coach Wiles is the proud holder of one of them. Absolutely deserves it.
1: So speaking of getting people fired up like Coach Wiles could, I got to get Lane Stadium and I got to get Hokie Nation fired up. And just talking about, we got to start a dialogue here about Lane Stadium and Virginia Tech at home this fall campaign and how special it has been. This is our last opportunity to hang out together on a Saturday. It's a perfect post-daylight savings 330 kick. It's essentially a, a night game that's not really a night game. And uh, I'm fired up because let's just talk about the season so far at home. Old Dominion week one night game. You get the monkey off your back. You get the old Dominion monkey off your back and you win comfortably. Week two, Purdue arguably the strangest day in lane stadium history. Um, you know, if you were there, you you really are probably scarred. There's some people, you know, like a Mike Holmes who might not come back to Blacksburg every every you know every game. They might come back once every three years, once every five years, or just once a year. If that Purdue game was all you got to experience this year, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it was it was fun until it wasn't fun. And if you stayed, it was still fun. We lost the game, not fun. But you know, just comparing that to the rest of the year, it's completely different. You, know, you get Pittsburgh at home, which was like an all-time vibe game. Lane oh Stadium God. at night, opening conference play, Terror Dome just completely shut down Phil Dracovic. Everyone knew that our backs were against the wall, and so were Pittsburgh's. And, and we, we took them um, and really just won comfortably. Wake Forest, homecoming. It was a three thirty game. It was just a classic Virginia Tech complimentary football victory at home in conference play. And then Syracuse just a few weeks ago, Thursday night, first Thursday night dub since 2016, and just doing it in completely demolishing fashion where we're almost disinterested in the second half. You know, that's how good it was. That's how good it was. We've been winning comfortably at home against these teams in conference that said this NC state team is the best team to come to lane stadium this fall. Got to save the best for last, which means as a fan base, we got to save our best for last year. The kids, the students, they're sticking around. They're not going home for Thanksgiving until after this football game, the ones that'll be here. So, you know, they're going to bring the juice. It's their last opportunity. And, um, I, I'm I'm pretty excited. And also the section five send off. You know, we uh we don't know what, what the section's gonna be next year, but we do know that we're gonna bring all the juice on Saturday. So Bruce and the section seven crew, y'all better get ready because I know you got like one and a half more false starts than we do on the year, and we're coming for that title. Only got sixty minutes left.
0: No MJ Morris. We're going to talk about that in the uh, in the offensive breakdown, but this is one of the more interesting storylines of this game that I made up myself. Um, I was seeing a lot of coach of the year conversation. Coach Holmes, you you mentioned you messaged this in the uh, in the big writers group chat, but it's interesting to look at, right? So <clears throat> let's talk about who can win an ACC Coach of the Year. Florida State, self explanatory. Coach Norvell has done an amazing job. He has a really talented unit. Goes out, beats LSU, has won every single game. Uh, He's more talented than every single team he's probably played this year, uh, especially when you factor in how bad LSU's defense has been. But nonetheless, really impressive. You look at Coach Brom at Louisville. We all thought they were going to be pretty damn good. They're probably way better than we anticipated. One loss on the season, handles Virginia Tech very well. They're a talented group. Um, They deserve more people in the stadium to go watch them play. Uh, But he's done a great job. Um, And then you look past the obvious two answers. And you say, okay, what about Brent Key? Brent Key at Georgia Tech. He came in, huge rebuild, huge rebuild. And he's been slaying teams, punching above their weight for the season, beating UNC, beating Miami, one game away from bowl eligibility. Really impressive. And then you look at this game. You look at Coach Pry and you look at Dave Doran. Let's look at D2 first overcame extreme adversity this year. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator. Quarterback says, I actually don't want to play anymore, so I'm not going to. Decides to sit down, has to switch quarterbacks. Um, And ho-hum, he's 7-3. and He's beaten Miami. He's beaten Clemson. He's had some awesome walk-off interview moments um, with Taylor Tannenbaum and everyone else. He's a fantastic listen. He's a great, great personality. He's also become NC State's most winningest coach with 78 wins in 11 seasons. So congratulations to Coach Doran. And then you look at Coach Pry. With a win this weekend, he doubles his win total last year. He clinches a bull berth. Undefeated at home and conference play. Completely, completely retooled this team in the middle of the season. Right after the Marshall game, you get the bye week. You adjust the offense, you figure out a way to make it work with Kyron Drones, because the formula that you use for Grant Wells is not going to work for Kyron Drones. And I got to tell you, Virginia Tech's picked to finish 11th in the ACC, currently they're fifth right now with a chance to climb. Um, I'm not saying that a win here gives one of these coaches an inside track to this award. I do think absolutely that these two coaches have an opportunity to be in this conversation or assert themselves into winning the actual award. Um, So to sum that all up, hats off to both of them. They've done an incredible job um, on adjusting on the fly. So uh, props to them. We're about to to display this offense. I will give my final storyline of the season. One of the cool traditions that uh, Virginia Tech has instilled by Coach Beamer is you have three players who run out with three flags every single game. You have the Virginia flag, you have the spirit flag, and you have the American flag. Now, Virginia Tech has a chance to hit the triple and award these flags to opposing quarterbacks who don't like coming to Lane Stadium very often. That's Mr. Schrader holding the Virginia flag. You got Phil Dracovic carrying the spirit flag. And you got our guy Brennan Armstrong with the American flag. Can we hit the trifecta of nightmares for quarterbacks we have seen for too many years? The opportunity is here. It has arrived. Let's go ahead and let's do it. Let's talk about the offense. Coach Holmes, talk to me about NC State.
2: Well, uh, Brennan Armstrong runs the show. It's it's uh, I know he had he struggled at times earlier in the season and that's why he was uh, benched and replaced by M J Morris. Um, they believe that with Morris's youth, it gave him a little bit more uh, you know time to grow, kind of like how we approached our situation with Ky- with Kyron Jones and Grant Wells. Uh, you know. Good old philosophy is that if you got a senior and a sophomore that are the same level, you play the sophomore because he's got more, he's got a higher ceiling, he's got room to grow. So you can understand why Dave Dorn made that move. And then, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of what happened there in uh, in Raleigh, but now Brennan Armstrong is the uh, is back running the is running the show.
0: Well, hold on, well hold on. What do you think the ins and outs of what happened <laughs> at NC State are? You're a coach. You've dealt with personalities before. We all know the, um, how can I say it? The difference of uh, how it all kind of works nowadays. So what have what have you as a uh, I don't want to say a conscientious objector, but as a spectator, what 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 is your view on the situation?
2: So, I believe what might have happened. We were hitting the the four game window where, you know, player has an opportunity to either red shirt and come back next year and save that extra year or keep playing. You know, I think we had that conversation with Tucker Holloway on our side last year. Um, I believe Dave Doran went to MJ Morris and said, we want to sit you, we want to save you for the rest of the year. MJ Morris probably didn't agree with that. But at the end of the day, it's Dave Doran's call and he basically I think I think MJ Morris took his ball and went home for the lack of a better term um he uh and I think that and I think that's what it was it based on Dave Doran's sound bites coming from the press conference where he announced it he sounded so downtrodden like he was at his wits end and you know and that can go one of two ways it can either be a galvanizing force for an offensive side that struggled uh for a lot of the year or it can be something where the the entire side of the ball folds um and and i really think you know with you know with brendan armstrong coming back you know he had a pretty good game last week um and he his feet are going to be the thing that is really going to bother uh bother Tech's, uh Texas defense um just like schrader from syracuse just like castellanos from boston college you know we played some quarterback at You know, Grant Wilson from ODU. You know, we've played some quarterbacks that have hurt us with their feet at times. But I think we have a a pretty good kind of gauge on that, um, on on how to stop that based on what we've done against Syracuse and what we've done against Boston College. Um, Brennan Armstrong, I think, has a little bit of advantage uh, against us because he has uh he has played Virginia Tech before he's played in Lane Stadium it's not going to be a novel thing for him um and so you know I, I think I think he, he probably uh probably is, is going to be able to carry that into, uh, into the rest of his team um but other than uh Brennan Armstrong um uh their re- uh leading receiver Concepcion uh is a deep threat He's their go-to guy. He has 573 yards on 50 catches, He's, uh, with a long of 72. Um, I watched a little bit of their game last week, and they line him up all over the field. He is there's really nobody else close to him uh, in number of catches. Very similar to, um, I, I believe Boston College receiver had. They had one receiver that was that had all their catches, and nobody else was even really close. So. Um, we can probably – we'll probably play a similar game plan uh, to be able to stop them, I would, I would like to think. Um, it's going to require us to be sound on the defensive line, play gap sound up front, um, and not let those rush lanes be created. We did a really good job against Boston College after that first series, making adjustments to stop that uh, from happening. Uh, we did that for Garrett Schrader um, at Syracuse, not letting those run lanes, those escape lanes, happen for the quarterback. And, um, you know, I I think it's something that's going to allow us to uh, hopefully contain Brendan Armstrong because that's what he does best, is when he's able to get outside of the pocket and use his feet to make plays and extend plays and be able to find guys open downfield. Um, So, But I think with our secondary, we're sound enough on the back end to be able to lock down uh, the receivers. We can high-low Concepcion. Um, there and then uh, and be able to uh, be able to wrangle them in.
1: I have a fun fact for you guys because I was just doing some doing some Googling uh, throughout and Casey Concepcion is the name of the best wide receiver here as coach Holmes was talking about at NC state. Um, Casey Concepcion is also a name of a Filipino actress and singer. Um, so if you actually look up KC Concepcion, uh, the Filipino actress and singer comes up before the NC State wide receiver. But KC at NC State, he's only a freshman. So there's not that much data out there to populate the SEO of Google. So you know, maybe this time next year, uh, or maybe in a few years, uh, instead of Casey Concepcion from the Philippines it'll be Casey from Charlotte North Carolina who plays for NC State also I just gotta I think we just need to have a Brennan Armstrong moment like <laughs> the fact the fact that uh what is in the blowfish he has like a, a a lyric and it's like thank god for all that I've missed because it's led me here to this and it's just like (laughs) Brennan Armstrong having to play in Lane stadium again, but this time in front of fans, Brennan Armstrong, coach Holmes is familiar with Lane stadium, but he, you know what? He's not familiar with 66,000 raucous Hokie fans like, like you and me and and Billy Ray hanging out and, uh, and getting after it. But it is wild to know that Brennan Armstrong in 2021 passed for 4,449 yards and
0: under this offensive coordinator, by the way,
1: (laughs) and passed for 31 touchdowns in 2021. Um, just like completed 326 passes in 2021 and accounted for 4,700 total yards in 2021. Um, I just don't. Under, I'm just like mind blown that it has gone this poorly um, for Brandon Armstrong. I want that to continue, obviously, for our sake. But um, what broke Brandon Armstrong? Was it the Was it the pass to the offensive tackle in 2021?
0: I really, I really don't know. I mean, on Hot Wings and Hot Takes this year. I said that I don't remember who the second quarterback was, but I said that Brennan Armstrong and uh, I don't know if it was the Miami quarterback or Phil Dracovic or whoever it was. I said that they would combine for more yards than Drake may and Jordan Travis, which wasn't just a hot take. It was a stupid take <laughs> um, completely wrong. Um, I have no idea um, when, when Dave Doran brought in this offensive coordinator and brought in Brennan Armstrong and you looked at the roster I said, all right, this team team has a chance to be pretty good. Um, and it was, quite frankly not out of the gate uh, MJ Morris comes out saves the day um, but I, I don't I don't know I, I don't know I don't know where it's you going know, I will say that it, I will say that UVA benefited from it's not talked about a lot I feel like UVA's wide receiver room from like 2019 to 2021 was really really good uh they had large athletic, Awesome wide receivers at UVA and it wasn't talked
2: about. Well, good. they had that they had that big tight end, Jelani Woods, who I think is with yeah. the Colts now. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, that's the, I think that's the difference. The skill people around them. And Don Tavian Whit
0: was really good.
2: NC State just doesn't have those guys. They, you know, you know, the Concepcion is a freshman, um, you know, which means he's got tendencies. Um, mm-hmm. and that And you know, it's usually what that youth uh youth entails. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. You know, we. There's a reason they haven't put up a whole lot of whole lot of points, um, even in their wins. They haven't put up a whole lot of points. Um, they haven't scored a lot. They just don't have. You know, NC State back. I I used to live in Raleigh. I used to go to a bunch of NC State games when when Tech was playing away. Um, and I so it, they but. You're talking like T.A. McClendon, and you're talking about – I mean, they used to have a stable of running backs that when Chuck Amato was there that would just – I mean, just pound you into the ground. And, uh, and you know, they just don't have those guys anymore.
0: Hey, guys, this is Ali Jennings the third wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Flipping over to the defense. Wow, we stumbled into a fun. We stumbled into a a, a fun, (laughs) uh, a fun riff. There is is UVA. W.R.U. in the ACC for three years. I don't know. Olamide Zacchaeus, they had some good wide receivers. I don't know. Uh, flipping over to the defense, the one thing that jumped off the page for me for this NC State defense is they are a senior-laden team. They have a ton of upperclassmen uh, on their unit. They have only given up 29 points in their last three, three contests. They have the third-ranked rushing defense in the ACC, giving up just over 100 yards, 100.3 to be exact. And they're really, really good on third down. They're the best in the ACC on getting you off the field on third down, giving up conversions only 27% of the time. But past that, Coach Holmes, what is the what is the advanced scout on the NC State defense?
2: So very opportunistic. Uh, they have 14 takeaways this year. Um, they're The guy that was, should scare – Every single person on the Virginia Tech offensive side of the ball is Peyton Wilson. The guy is all over the field. He is a machine. He's got 112 tackles through 10 games, uh, 10 games this year, uh, four sacks, two interceptions. He literally is uh, literally is all over the place. If we have to game plan around one person, it's that guy. Um, I can, and he will line up all over the field. He doesn't have a particular side that he likes to line up on. He'll be in the middle. Sometimes he'll be right side, left side. Um, we just have to know where he is, uh, at all times. I know that they are telling Kyron drones, um, in the, in the meetings this week, what find number 11, wherever number 11 is, he's going to be the, the tell, uh, on some of your reads, wherever he is. if We have an outside zone play called Peyton Wilson's on that side keep it (laughs) run it up the gut. Uh, so, um, so it's going to be, it's going to be key to allow to make sure that he doesn't affect the game. Um, but, uh, outside of Peyton Wilson, uh, defensive lineman, Devin van and all name team guy. They got a
0: bunch of names, man. They got a bunch whoever's, whoever's calling the game. I think it's, I think it's Cotter. And I think it's, um, our, our boy, the Mohawk man. Um, Mr. What's who's the Mohawk man from Boston College?
2: Oh, Herzl. Yeah,
0: I think I think they're on the call. The um, they're man. gonna have some serious work to do here getting ready for these
2: names, but uh, but Devin Van and Red Hibbler. Uh, Hibbler's a Juco transfer. Uh, they both have uh five and a half sacks each. Van also has seven tackles for loss, so they got two guys that are up front. Uh, like you said, like you mentioned before, Billy, that are older guys, they'll get in the backfield. Hopefully, we can take advantage of their aggressiveness. Um, We haven't run a screen in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to start breaking that screen game back out a little bit um, to to try to loosen up that pass rush a little bit. But the key on this side um, for handle NC State's defense, we have to do what we do best on offense. If we try to overthink and outthink the room um, and try to do a little too much, that's going to be... Uh, that's gonna that's that's gonna be what ends up hurting us that's what happened against Louisville we you know in Florida State where we came out and tried to throw the ball a bunch um, establish the run game if we have to throw the ball more than 20 times it's gonna be a long day for the hokies so just get out there and run the ball take advantage if they have any youth I believe it's more in their secondary um, and versus their versus their front seven so maybe we can take advantage of that secondary a little bit you're there hey Got
0: gotcha you now. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry, I'm in. I'm in the. I'm in the Hampton Inn in St. George, Utah. So, <laughs> <Yeah. it's, laughs> internet's a little sketchy. Um, so what was the last thing y'all heard? Uh,
0: take take advantage,
2: advantage of that secondary. secondary. Yeah, take advantage of the secondary. You know, a lot of times if we can get uh, Tootin to the outside, or we can throw some quick uh, quick screens uh, to Jalen Lane, maybe some jet sweeps. I know that's a dirty word, but maybe you know, get those get those guys to the outside. Um, And those that younger secondary, uh, they usually don't like to tackle a whole lot. Um, So maybe maybe we can take advantage of that. So um, spread the wealth. Don't let NC State uh, take away one singular weapon. Make them have to guard everybody. Uh, Very similar to what we did, I believe, against Syracuse, uh, where a whole bunch of different people were, were catching passes. We got a lot of different people involved. Syracuse, even though they had a pretty decent defense themselves, really had no idea what to take away. And they just kind of had to sit back and play base defense. So, um, so again, it, it's de- that is definitely the strength of their team uh, is their defense. Um, they limit, they try to limit the amount of people, uh, allow us to li- limit the amount of scoring uh, that goes on. Um, but I think if if we stay balanced in our attack and are able to get, get utilize our uh, our guys in space and get them the ball, I think we can be successful.
0: Special teams, elevator pitch in the special teams. Is there anything special about <laughs> these guys' special teams?
2: Not really. The punter is – got a pretty good leg, averages 43 yards a kick. Their field goal kicker is 75% on the year. He you know, he is 70%, though, from 40-plus. Um, from 40 to 49, he's 100% on the year. Uh, I think six for six. Um, he does have one over 50, so it's not too bad. But, but again, use Peter Moore for, to our advantage we are not going to score every drive like we did against boston college it's it's not going to happen we are going to get we are going to get stopped uh from time to time so we have to use peter moore to take advantage of field position and be able to pin him deep um maybe do something sneaky let's let do holt get in his bag a little bit uh, a little bit more again and uh and and mix something up here on special teams you know they're going to be looking for it you know they're going to be um, you know that we have already shown it a couple times. So it, we the pass rush may be limited a little bit uh, on our punt uh, in our punt game, and let's uh, take advantage of field position. Keep them pinned back back in their own zone.
1: Two things on special teams. Uh, one, their punter, his last name is Noon Noonkester. Um, but when you look at when you look at it visually, it reads as Noon Kickster, uh, big Noon kickoff guy. Their punter. <laughs> Um, Secondly, just thinking about kicking and NC State, I totally forgot, and and it was unintentionally forgot, the 2004 Hokie history uh, between Tech and NC State. Uh, I remember Chuck Amato was uh, happy to see Tech miss a field goal in the waning seconds of the 2004 game in Lane Stadium, but we will not get into that uh, anymore here Keys to the game. We can get all in those keys to the game. Um, I guess I'll start. It looks like my, uh, my notes are first here. Uh, in our Hokie history, we did talk about in some of those wins, a common denominator was turning over NC State, and a common denominator was getting pressure on the quarterback, and there is no difference here. Get pressure on Brennan Armstrong. He has not played that much since September. Uh, he's he's thrown 17 passes since the month of September. Um, get after Brandon Armstrong around the edge. Um, if we can get in the backfield, if we could have another big time sack night like we've already had, you know, most of the time here in Lane Stadium, um, I think getting after Brandon Armstrong will be a key indicator of how this uh, defense uh, allows us to flip the field and play complementary football and win this football game here. Coach Holmes, what are your keys to the game?
2: Pat, you already mentioned it earlier. Bring nighttime Lane Stadium energy to an afternoon kickoff. Um, throw NC State off their game. Make it loud. Be the 12th man. Do it. Uh, And Virginia Tech has to come out and play with intensity, play with aggression, just like we did last week at Boston College. Bully them around a little bit, um, you know, uh, be that you know if we have to wake them up at three o'clock we'll wake them up at three o'clock and get him re- and get them ready to go you know whatever 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 works we gotta make sure that we come out of that tunnel I know it's senior day it's a different schedule we gotta we gotta figure out how to to not let that throw this off and come out on fire come out sharp no mercy from the opening kick to the final whistle and I believe that 30 points is the threshold um nc state i i don't believe they can score 30 points on us um so if we if 30 points is going to be uh, our threshold it has been all year uh we hit 30 points we'll win the game
0: i'm gonna triple down on what you said and i'm actually gonna take a few notes from one of the best in the business who does it his name's josh pate late kick with josh pate as soon as i'm done i got the notification it'll be coming up so i'll take a sip from the chalice Wait, let me paper pop. Paper pop. Look, it's fall break. The casuals are not in are not in town. Everybody that wants to be at this football game is in town. And what does MiMA always say? Mima says, stay four quarters. Mima says, make an impact on the game. Mima says, be loud, be proud, and help this team win. Show up, show out, last one in Lane Stadium, make it happen. I cannot wait to send these seniors off the right way. Let's get in Lane Stadium one last time. Let's make it a party. Shout out to you, Josh Pate. Keep doing it better than anybody does it on the national side of things. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into our lines for the game, which have been all over the place, Pat, all over the place.
1: All over the place, I want to say we opened up as dogs. We were, we we, we, we opened up, dogs, I think we were one point dogs, one and a half point dogs, but nonetheless, the line has shifted right now to my undisclosed sports book. It is Hokies minus two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carolina, NC State getting two and a half points, um, and then the over under is 44, so not anticipating too many points here, however, if if. If Virginia Tech plays the way that Virginia Tech has been playing at home, then we're going to score 38 points again. It's it's what's it's what we uh, are prescribing every single home victory. But this is the most talented team to come to Virginia Tech, and we are two and a half point favorites. That's a great feeling. That also you know means that we probably haven't played that the toughest of competition at home this year since we're favored against the best team uh, that we're playing at home. But um, yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of eyes and ears going uh going for the hokies here.
0: I know we're shouting out podcasters. We're, we're shouting at podcasters, so I'm gonna do my best, Curtis Wilson. Curtis. The hand rub, the little hand rub as we look <laughs> at it's time for score predictions of this football game. <laughs> Pat, you just went. So I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of a breather. I'll go first. I'm gonna go 31 24, Virginia Tech. It feels like I might be wrong. I'm just going off of vibes. I feel like we scored 31 points like 15 times this year. I feel like that's been like the number that we have scored in terms of points. Uh, 31, 32, 30. I feel like we're right in that, right in that region. Um, 38. So go 30 <laughs> did score 38 last week. Um, so I'm going to go 31, 24, Virginia Tech. <laughs> Is it 38? Yeah, the numbers 30. I think the numbers 38. Oh, that's even better. Okay, uh, th- th- then, I'll, then I'll then I'll go. I'll go thirty-eight twenty-four. Okay, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go thirty-eight uh, twenty-four. Really excited to watch, uh, Kyron Drones in this group in Lane Stadium uh, one more time. I'm also excited to watch, um, Tucker Holloway return punts in Lane Stadium. He's been so fun to watch punts all season long. So uh, hopefully he's healthy.
2: Yes, absolutely all right well I'll go ahead and go um the this is my triumphant return to Blacksburg after five years of being uh being in the Rocky Mountain High um my my brother is coming up from Hilton Head uh, my my folks are coming in from Pinehurst uh, shout out Scott and Brent and Susan um it's going to be a little Holmes family reunion we're gonna get our tailgate on. We're gonna go hang out at Tots on Friday with uh with Pete B and the and the and the rest of the folks there at that t- at the uh the party at Tots. It is going to be live. It is gonna be in full color. I will be full tilt poker with the mustache, with everything else. And I can tell you right now, Hokies win thirty-four fourteen. Book it.
0: I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs>
2: that would be great. i would love
0: that coach holmes is is ready one way
1: ticket to cover town usa Absolutely. All, all in i will round it out here i have tech winning 23 to 16 um i don't know if the jig is up on being too comfortable in lane stadium during third and fourth quarters um we haven't felt really nervous at any point at home this season, other than when Pittsburgh kind of had their spurt of back-to-back touchdown possessions. I guess they had a defensive touchdown. They didn't have a possession. Um, And obviously the Purdue game, which is an anomaly and we don't talk about the Purdue game, but um, I, I, I yearn for the 34, 14 game as well. I would absolutely love that. I am just, you know, a little concerned. This is a, A good ball club coming in, Uh, very well coached, knowing that, hey, Virginia Tech has had a very solid season at home. But, um, you know, close games also, it's important to win close games. So, um, regardless, I do have us winning the football game. Now, I got to say, rounding us up with score predictions here, Coach Holmes, you got the tailgate running and you have the Hokies kicking some tail. But we got to talk about the paraphernalia on your hat because I do see. I do see, is that a shrimp tail, a lobster tail? What do we got
2: going on from, uh, from your brother down there, uh, down there in the, the low country? It is, it is a shrimp. Um, it is a shrimp and I, it is, uh, wait, I got to turn it the other way. It is Virginia Tech, you know, where, there's a little VT there. Um, but, uh, it's from uh low country living. Uh, it's a, it's an apparel company down there in, uh, uh outside of Hilton Head in Bluffton, South Carolina. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, my brother was nice enough to uh, send one of these up here to me. Love it. Love, love, love the cool, cool hokey merch. I, I did decide to wear my
1: eight-in-the-box hat uh, to the pod here. Uh, Shout-out to Hal Byers. Came in the, uh, the mail here over the weekend. But what else we got, guys? Anything else you want to talk about here? I know uh, we're, we're through the notes.
0: Ah. I don't have anything else. I'm checking to see if we had any late um... – Hokie haiku, uh, hokey questions come in. None came in. I know you have one, uh, one haiku to uh, to share here. I'm assuming it's it's Viagra related. Um, <laughs> is, is it?
1: Grady B. Texted me. Billy's blue pilling. Pfizer, a new Sun sponsor. Get large and go strong. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: there we go oh, you know, oh man.
3: Go to as long as long-
0: As long as there's none of that gas station stuff uh, being promoted on this podcast, I think we'll, uh, I'll be okay. As long as there's no Rhino, Rhino energy or extends being promoted here on the podcast. It is 815. It's past, it's past our bedtime. Uh, Looking forward to it. Coach Holmes, can't wait to see you. I'm really, really looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome time. Again, please keep an eye out. Coach Kinzer is coming on the podcast. We'll also have, Sam Jesse is doing behind enemy lines with uh, the Red White podcast, which should be fantastic. Um, they do a fantastic job over there. Uh, I will not be in town until Saturday. Sad face. I have a wedding on Friday. Not a sad face. Really excited to hang out. No with, fall wedding.
3: Uh,
0: with, uh, I know. I, well, I got <laughs> to tell you, the no person ideas. having the wedding, the person having the wedding, probably has no idea it's football season. So you know, all all due respect to <laughs> Nina Temple. Uh, about to be Nina Lockbaum, but not a big nut. Not big on football, big on skiing, not big on lock bomb. Lock bomb is not locked on the hoax this year, <laughs> everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Hokies basketball tomorrow, Queens of Castle will be posted tomorrow. And, um, let's keep the good vibes going. And Pat, take us out. You know what you got to say, you know what you got to say.
1: Uh, Go Hokies, go sports, enjoy the games, and go birds, baby! (laughs)
3: To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I just what you're thinking Please don't blow